So here we go, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Kings of Anglia Fan Social, the show where the KOA Army share their thoughts on all things town. And I hope you all had a good week. Of course, we are proudly sponsored by Ginger Pickle and Manscaped. Um, and this week, I'm joined by Matty Macon and Ben Diaf um, as we discuss all things town. No game this weekend. Um, of course, international call-ups and all that sort of stuff. But we're going to have a good chinwag um, on town. Just all things town. Uh, Mr. Matt Macon, always a pleasure, my friend. How's things? Always a pleasure to be here, Ross. I'm, I'm good, thank you. It's been um, it's been a nice little run lately after sort of a bit of a uncertain start to the year. Um, the, the good feeling is back again. Um, yeah, looking forward to chatting through the recent run. Definitely, my friend. And Ben, it's been a great March. I hope you had a good March as well. Um, unbeaten month, clean sheets galore. Of course, that no, it's still record. I was thinking about the women's team. They had a good clean sheet record and that's gone now. But the men's team... Club records, Christian Walton in the net, Muscle Luongo playing well, Sam Morsley not getting booked. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks, Ross. I think, like, I would have thought the majority of town fans, particularly on the pitch, and um, and we've seen over the last couple of weeks more brilliant stuff off the pitch, just, yeah, in a really good mood. It does lift the mood, doesn't it? When we won at Bolton, I was away with my family for the weekend and we all celebrated, like, um, well, probably looked like idiots to everybody else in the bar, even though we were in Suffolk, but... Um, uh, yeah, even my dad went to the bar to get a glass of fizz. We were that that in, uh, enthused by that result. So yeah, all all good, all smiles in my household at the moment, and um, hopefully it will go on and on and on till the end of the season. Definitely, my friend. Um, all positive, and what a march it was for town. Some great results, um, as I said, clean sheet records. Um, we got my favourite feature that I bring on the podcast. And I'm not the greatest man with words, but I love doing the three words to describe the month of March. Uh, Mr. Matt Maker. I don't know why I keep saying Mr. Matt Maker. I'm very formal there. Um, but my friend, what is your three words for the month of March? A 2-0 win against Shrewsbury Town, a 2-0 win against Bolton, a 3-0 win against Accrington, and a 4-0 win against Burton. Three words, my friend. Very, very good. You know, it's yeah. I, I'm I'm cheating there because I'm using the same word twice. But you, you a very very I think is a, is acceptable these days. Yeah, I mean we we said that this was the little run where we we could get maximum points here, and if we wanted any any chance of staying in the hunt for a top two spot, then that was what we needed to do, and we've done it. Um, we the seven clean sheets. Now you include that Bristol game. And we were all moaning about that Bristol game, myself included. You know, thankfully I um, I wasn't able to watch it. And I follow. I think I saved myself a tenner from well, I've been told by people who who made the long trip down to the southwest. But you know, we've um, we've done exactly what we need to do, and results have gone our way um, in the league, particularly with um, with Plymouth uh, dropping some points, um, and then Sheffield Wednesday bizarrely they they. Dropping some point, and I didn't expect that result a couple of nights ago with Barnes here. Yeah. And as much as I thought, oh, maybe maybe a draw would do as well there. Actually, that's probably done us a favour, Barnsley winning, because that, that's opened both of those top spots up again now. Where whereas before we were thinking, oh, well, we, we can nick second first, he's gone. But actually, I mean, Sheffield Wednesday might pick it up and carry on and go and win the league. They're still a very good side at grinding out wins, but. It, it just makes everything a little bit competitive again. And I think we're now looking up the table more than worrying about looking over our shoulder. Barnsley are the, the team to be worried about behind us, but Derby have fallen off a bit of a cliff now um, with their form. We've got a resounding win against Bolton. 
Um, and I think that the Bolton game probably for me is really kind of like one of the major points of the, of the month because because we one nil down, you can see the penalty. And I was the same. I was same as Ben. I was I was away. We were staying with friends in Framlingham, and the alert came through on my phone that. Um, at Bolton had been awarded a penalty. I thought, oh, here we go, here we go. And honestly, I was jumping around my friend's front room like an absolute loon when Christian Walton saved that. And and then we went on, got another goal and saw it out 2-0. Um, it's, it's just been a really good month. And having, even I had resigned myself to the fact, oh, maybe top two's gone now. Top two very much feels back on. We've still got to keep doing what we're doing. We've still got to rely on some other results going around, but we're in a much healthier position than we were at the end of Feb, I'd say. Definitely, definitely indeed. And yeah, Ben, what a month it was, March. The goals we scored, the clean sheets we kept. Your three words, my friend, your three words. Um, I've actually sort of not completely taken the question. I've done. I've shortened it to one word, Ross, because you did do one word for quite a while. Yeah, did that. Um, so I've just put exemplary. Exemplary is my word, and that um, I I know that that means very, you know it's very very good. Exemplary means very very good. <laughs> um, it almost means excellent, you know, flawless almost. But it actually the exact um, meaning is serving as the desirable model, which um, if we continue to be exemplary for the rest of the season, serving as the desirable model, that will turn into promotion, won't it? So I just thought that word suited where we are at at the moment for March. Um, exemplary. I, there is not anything that I could possibly criticise our on-field um, performances, I think, at the moment. When we had the Rovers game, as, as Matt was just talking about, I think Walton at the time probably was just going for a little bit of a sticky patch, the ball that he dropped um, that ended up then Wolfie off the post and when Wolfie then kicked the post and we almost could have lost that game 1-0, but he's come back firing an all-cylinders, Walton. His distribution's excellent, obviously saving another penalty. I'm really pleased he looks absolutely back to his best and that is probably the last sort of piece in the jigsaw when everybody else was in de- has been in decent form and he's really come through as well we look like we can score at will and as shown in in the in the goal of the month um video that the club put out recently we're scoring different types of goals which makes being a supporter so much more fun because whenever we look like we're, you know we're going forward we're scoring different goals we can almost score from anywhere um so yeah really exciting time at the moment nine games to go i think everybody must be looking forward to it Definitely, my friend. One thing I, I forgot, to, I, I, just on that, one thing I didn't think to add earlier was the fact that we're not only keeping clean sheets, but we've been scoring decent goals and winning by decent margin. And that, that's that been massive for our goal difference. Uh, and you look at our goal difference compared to the teams around us. And that, that could be worth an extra point, effectively, yeah. come the end of the season. That, that could be huge. I mean, even if Barnsley win their game or game in hand. Now they've, they've played, they've won one. And if they win that other game in hand, even if they go level on points, with us, we've got a, a pretty superior goal difference to them. And that, that's just so important because there's going to be a team that's going to get over 90 points and not finish in the top two. Um, so goal difference is going to be massive this season, I think. Yeah, me too. I think I mentioned that a few weeks back. Right? It's gone a bit of under the radar, the goal difference. Sometimes you, you don't think about it. But yeah, those clean sheets have been massive. Um, player of the month then, boys. Christian Walton has won the official club one. But um, who, who, who's getting yours? Matt, who, uh, who, who's getting yours? And any other players that should get mentioned as well? You know, it's been a good team uh, month, but any standouts for you? It was. And I really, uh, I was was in an absolute bind about who to vote for on the club one. And I ended up voting for for Massimo Luongo. Uh, But I was, I was 
in that position where I was like, if any of these players win it, I'm happy. It doesn't matter. It's just like you say, it's been such a good team performance. But Massimo Longo, arguably, he's turned out to be like almost the most valuable January signing. And we got him on the free because he's he's really made a difference in that midfield. Uh, it's no no criticism of Cam Humphreys at all. He's he's a great young player. He's gonna he's gonna have a fantastic career. Whether it's sort of going get, going there with Town or if he eventually moves on or whatever, but nobody himself included expected he was going to play so much football this season. And and Morsey has had to to look after him a little bit, and that that's blunted Morsey's effectiveness. With Luongo coming in, Morsey has in turn gone back into form because Luongo can handle himself. And Luongo has also been able to sort of take the yellow cards that Morsey hasn't been able to take up until now. Um, and I, I just think he's made a massive difference to that that engine room in the middle of the park. Um, but yeah, Christian Walton back to his best. Um, I'd say Wes Burns as well. Um, he's sort of back up there. I thought his performance against Shrewsbury last weekend, that was more the, the Wes Burns of last season. Um, the, the cross in for um, for George Hurst's opener. Um but just so many good, so many good performances. Leif Davis always up there. Uh, Nathan Broadhead was a little bit quiet on Saturday, but overall he had he had a really good month as well. It, it's so hard to pick, you know. I'm, I'm saying, yeah, I voted for Luongo, but really, on I sat there with my phone agonising before I pressed the button because there's just so many. Good, and how long has it been? And this isn't even in the first month this calendar year, let alone this season, where you know it's a struggle to pick player in a month or golden a month or whatever, you know, we, we go back not even less than 10 years and you'd be struggling to pick one uh, or, or you'd have your keeper winning player of the season every year. It's, it's just so nice and refreshing for there actually to be a choice and, and and to have a headache about who's player of the month. It's just, just so good. Yeah, it is good. And Ben, to bring you in, um, so I think it was 56% voted Christian, um, the supporters' votes. Mass finishing second, Mass Melawongo with 33, Wes Burns and um, Cameron Burgess um, finishing third and fourth, respectively. I um, just want to quickly run through the player of the month so far. And it's a nice mixture of different players. It's not just, you know, Leif Davis, Leif Davis. It's Marcus Harness. Leif Davis won at back to back months. Cameron Humphreys in November. Connor Chaplin in December. Freddie the Dapper in January. Nathan Broadhead, his first month at town, won it. And then, of course, Christian Walton has won it. Who are you picking? But it's just great that we've had every month. It's, it's been a new player. Yeah, I'm, I'm really pleased Walton did win it. I'm not surprised um, for the points, really, I made in my last point um, you know, in terms of the Bristol Rovers game and coming back into form. And it's great timing for him. And he's, a, you know, so I think he's an excellent goalkeeper. He's been superb since he's come in apart from his debut um, which wasn't really his fault against Bolton um, but I, I and Joe this actually emphasises the point Ross for you reeling off all those names and I, I, I would have given it to our captain and I can't believe he hasn't had it yet and he is he is he is the perfect example of being a, a um, sort of subject to his own superb consistency you know he He's his own worst enemy in many ways. He's just always everywhere. I think, personally, he's 8 out of 10 every single game. And the fact that he's not been able to you know, put in maybe that last-ditch tackle or, or run that risk of that yellow card, knowing how important he is to the team, with, as Matt was saying, obviously, we only had Humphreys, and as well as he did, and we've, we've covered that many times before. If Morsi got suspended in that run and was also out, and we'd have Humphreys and what? 
you know, who knows? Luongo would have played without match fitness. We would have had to push a defender into midfield. Who knows? Um, so I, I just think it's amazing he hasn't had it yet. I, I think he's been an absolutely superb skipper. He, he is definitely the glue that holds the whole team together. Um, whichever, whatever way you think of him in terms of the way he carries himself and, and maybe he's not sort of the most outgoing of skippers to, to towards, the, you know, the fans at the end of games or whatever, you know, giving fist pumps like Chambers did or laps around the pitch like Holland did. But he obviously cares, you know, a lot about this club. He cares a lot about leading that team. You can see that with the behind footage that the, the, the club and, and your paper do, Ross, very well. Um, so I, I would have given it to him this month because of those reasons, because of not getting booked and, and leading that team and and how consistent we've been, because he's Mr. Consistent and we're finding that consistency. So I hope he wins it before the end of the year. Definitely, man. Definitely. And uh, a quick mention on, on the goals quickly, because um, we have scored some very good goals this month. Um, Matt? What would you say has been your standout goal from this month? We've scored all goals, different different ways. Um, free kick goals, great header goals, great team goals. What's the standout one for you? Again, same as with players, it is so hard to pick one out. I mean, for me, one I've seen in person, I didn't manage to travel away in March. Um, but from what I've seen at home, Hurst's goal on Saturday, Shrewsbury, and it was just it, again, it was it was a great team goal. The way we passed it out from the back down that right hand side, uh, two three passes were, were down the side. The ball, it's 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 an inch perfect cross, and and Hurst just gets ahead on the end of it. And there's nothing the Shrewsbury keeper can do about that one. It, it's it's going in ten times out of ten. Um, but just I was almost going to say Broadhead's free kick. Sheffield Wednesday that was February, wasn't it? <laughs> I just still haven't got over how good that was. Well, I mean that one EFL League One goal of the month, didn't it? Let alone yeah, club award. Um, but yeah, being Burgess's header against Bolton, it's it's a great always. I'd like to see a centre back pop up with it with a bullet header like that. That's always always nice to see. Um, uh, Jack Jackson's effort against um, uh, against Stanley was good. It's again, it's um, I've looked at the um, at the nominations for God Month Club put those out earlier, um, and again, it's, it's cigarette paper between all of them really about which one is the best. Um, it's. We're scoring a variety of goals now, which which is which is nice. Um, set pieces. I mean, at this time last year, we were all uh, we were all ironically singing, "We're going to score from a corner every time we got a corner," because we never scored from a corner. Now, every time we get a corner, I think, "Oh, we we could do something from here." <laughs> um, we're scoring from set pieces from free kicks. We're scoring good goals from open play with head and feet. Um, yeah, Chap- I'm gonna say another one. We're talking about Chaplin, Chaplin's goal on um, on Saturday as well. That was a nice one, and that that was coming off the back of having the ball in the um, no Luongo's goal on Saturday, not Chaplin. I think Chap was coming off the back of Chaplin having the ball in the back of the net a minute before um, flag for offside, and then straight away we, we've almost done the same thing again. Um, Luongo's there to, with a lovely clean finish. Yeah. It's so hard, but for me, that Hurst header against Shrewsbury, that just edges it for me, mainly because I saw that one. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. That's allowed. That's allowed. But um, Ben, I want to quickly bring up, of course, um, we've had some drama on the podcast uh, with Andy Warren and uh, Mark Keith. And uh, of course, Carl Edwards' free kick was the moment where that bet came to life. Um, just thought I'd bring in the, some of the pod drama. But um, what's your, been your standouts this month? It was a brilliant moment. I mean, obviously, being a, a listener every single week to, to the um, to the main pod, to the KOA pod with um, Stu and the yourself, Ross, and um, well, 
um hosted by mark and get well soon mark he's just had his knee operation so i hope he's um he can bypass the time at home with his knee up listening to us waffling on um so yeah i hope, I hope he's getting better but uh, yeah when everyone's just standing over that free kick i think um anybody who follows follows the podcast is sort of thinking god this would be you know this could be it this is this is going to be the million pound picks coming in you know the huge multi-million pound goal i, I wonder if that message has somehow got to carl edwards through <laughs> someone I, I, you know who knows the, the, know. the community it might have got back to him but i mean it's a superb goal absolutely brilliant no pressure on him you know just lifts and he's doing semaphore from the press box <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a shame that we didn't have some sort of game show like release of sort of fake cash or something um you know from a, from a massive net that could have fallen on andy's head um, but no, that was a great strike. Obviously, the Accrington keeper just came on and conceded that goal straight away um, after um, Jensen had been sent off. Um, very quick sort of asterisk on, on this when Jensen getting sent off, didn't he? came back for one game, then he got sent off again twice in three <laughs> games. I don't know if anyone saw that. I thought that was quite yeah. funny. Um, but for me, uh, goal of the month is um, Hurst at Bolton. Um, I like goals that are important as well as um, spectacular or, you know, fantastic movement, fantastic um, move in terms of passing move. And it, it, again, a little bit different. Burns gets it, runs a hell of a long way down that right-hand side. And, you know, we talked about this at the turn of the year. Was was Burns really at it? Is he showing his best form? Lovely little clip pass. Good run from Hurston. Right on the volley, skips off the turf. It's just a, such a great goal. And, you know, we got so much confidence, I think, through that. I know we conceded the penalty, but um, yeah, I just thought that was a superb strike. I think that the importance of that goal and that win cannot be underestimated going into these last nine games. Definitely, man. Definitely. Um, well, there we go. March done. Big April to come. Of course, we haven't got a game to end the month because a Barnsley um, game. Can I just off. sorry? sorry okay. Can I just add what was particularly funny about that Card Edwards free kick is that that Heathy had gone big. That there wasn't another goal coming on Twitter. That uh, massively, massively backfire. It was overconfidence. You look it up in the dictionary, and that tweet is is next to it. <laughs> love it, love it. Yeah, that, that was a great, a great moment, and uh, yeah, great goal from Carl Edwards coming off the bench and scoring. Um, now, boys, big debate in the town community this week. Um, the club have introduced a designated area. Um, for home fixtures for next season called the singing section. I don't think we're going to be calling it that. I think even the, the blue action is part of that. Probably won't be calling it that, but they've put it out as singing section, the club have. Um, what's your thoughts on this? They'll be moving to, is it Block A of the Cobble stand? Um, Matt, what's your thoughts on this as a whole? You know, the atmosphere can have its moments at Portland Road. Um, this season, of course, we're getting amazing crowds for League One. It's, you know, it's, it's not surprising anymore when you hear we're sold out 26,000, but What's your thoughts on this new introduction for next year? I don't mind it. I, I don't like the name singing section, and I don't think it's it's a concise way of describing it because if it, it's putting like-minded people together in a in a block, we we trialled it for the Burnley game. In fact, I was in Block A um, that day, sat behind um, the, the it was mostly like the Blue Action lot, and it worked well, and it seemed to complement the um, uh, North Stand Lower. Um, and I think it's a, it, it's a good thing. Um, I'm not up for things that are massively stage managed. Football crowds, is all, it's all about spontaneity. But this isn't, to me, stage managing or, or massive over-organisation. This is putting some like-minded people together, get getting a bit more atmosphere around the ground. I mean, the atmosphere has never been quite the same since we rebuilt the North Stand. You, know, you, you split that into two tiers from, from the old 
cop style single tier that we had um it's it's ruined the acoustic the acoustics aren't great in portman road but anything you can do to spread the noise around a bit uh it, it's a plus for me um we'll, we'll see we'll see how it goes next season but again it, it, with the club are trying to do something to improve the atmosphere the atmosphere has been much better this season with the numbers coming back but i mean where i sit in the churchman's you know you can't always hear what's going on in the other side. you can always hear the lower north you know but it's here another place and i've sat in other bits of the ground for fa cup games pizza cup games this season and it's it's been interesting to get a perspective of being able to hear what i don't normally hear from another seat in the same ground so i'm all for a, an attempt to try and improve the noise that we make not to say it's bad now but let's see how it works Just realised, I just um, moved myself, I moved myself there. So, uh, yeah, as I was saying, um, as you said, Matt, I don't think it's staged. I think it's just, it is basically blue action going into block A. Um, and, of course, they've done a fantastic job to bring the atmosphere, great flags and banners. Um, and it's been, you know, it's been great. Um, but, um, Ben, what's your thoughts on, on this as a whole? Um, you're in the upper north, I know. Um yeah, the atmosphere at times can be great, sometimes not great. Of course, it depends on the game itself. You know, if the game is not going the way we want it, you know, one goes a bit quiet. There's all sorts of fans in there, from fans who just want to watch the game and just watch it. Some who love to chant, they like to sing. Some are just there just to moan, of course, <laughs> like football fans do. But um, but yeah, what's your thoughts on this? I'm, I'm a big fan of it. I, I think what Blue Action do to try and create or improve, sorry, the atmosphere at Portland Road is... is is good you know it's excellent it, it, it unfortunately it probably is needed but that's fine you know everybody watches football in different ways as you say ross i don't mind people just coming to watch the game and be students of the game of football and just enjoy watching a game of football that's fine i think obviously children should be encouraged to come watch football and i don't expect them to be screaming at the top of their lungs every time and you just want them to enjoy it you want everybody to enjoy the game as much as they can the one thing I don't like is moaning. I don't mind moaning at the referee or the opposition. I don't like people moaning at your own team, even when things are dreadful. I, I, I really wouldn't. I, I'm just not an advocate of it. I know people spend a lot of money and, and believe that they should. They can. I, we had this chat after the Bristol Rovers thing when people get angry about stuff. I get it. I understand the argument. I just think it's not helpful. We all want Ipswich to do well. Um, but I, you know, I understand it. So if we've got a group that are going to go out of their way to try and improve the atmosphere, which will give the, you know, the team have said it this year, it helps them, you know, it helps them. It could give them the extra percent, you know, sport these days is all about those marginal gains. If it gives us a percent, you know, 1% more then um, then that, that, you know, you don't know, it could result in a goal. It could result in just that extra yard, I've talked about this again, I think, before when I ever go running and you run in like an event and you've got the crowd like saying, you know, you've got your name on your shirt and they're like, go on, Ben. And you, you do get a lift. The adrenaline pumps through your body. It just makes sure that you can finish that little bit stronger. And if that what means, you know, that last ditch tackle in the 90th minute, Burgess can reach it as opposed to bringing down the last man and getting sent off, you know, as an example. Or we reach that last yard trying to tap the ball in Chaplin at the back stick, you know, whatever it may be. It's important that the fans get behind the team in whatever way they can. Um, I think the upper North is pretty good. And if you've got people spread out a little bit further, I think that can only help things. So yeah, I, I'm looking forward to next year for whatever league we're in. I think that it will help. 
Just as an example on the end of that, and Ross, you'll be familiar with this, obviously going to the women's games as well. And this is on a much smaller scale, granted, but at, at the women's home games, or you know, home and away, the women's supporters club, um, including myself, have, have worked to try and get a bit more noise at, at the AGL arena. We, we've got somebody down there with a drum now. We, we've had a bit of noise, and that's spreading around the ground. And women's players, same as the men, have said that how much of a difference that makes. Joe Sheehan, the manager, has said that made a difference, mate. And the opposition players don't like it as well. Now, you, you blow that up onto a bigger scale at Portman Road. We're never going to be a cauldron. We're not going to be an Anfield or, or anything like that, you know, where or Ellen Road, where it's just horrible to go to, you know, because of the nature of the sort of family club we are. But we can make it just, just hostile enough. We want to make it a difficult place. There's no... I, I, Stu put it quite well on the main pod this week. It's, like you say, it's never going to be a cauldron, but you can make it a little bit inhospitable for opposition players. It, that, that's that's It's those fine margins that can make difference, especially with this running coming up. Yeah, we're, you know, we're, we're just nice Suffolk folk, aren't we? We're just nice Suffolk guys and girls who just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's, just, yeah. And that's good. I'd rather yeah. that, wouldn't yeah. you? Yeah, you know? pretty much. Yeah. Pretty but you, much. You, can make it, you can make it a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah. Doesn't have yeah. to be horrible. Doesn't have to be somewhere we think to go. But you just want to make it just that little bit uncomfortable, that little bit inhospitable. Yeah. And I think I think you can do that and still retain the the sort of family club ethos that Ipswich Town has. Definitely, yeah. We can call it goalkeeper fat and your rubbish and all that, can't we? We could do all that stuff. The standard cliche, the cliche. Um, well, I've got a bit of a an extra question here, boys. I've sort of going to put you on the spot here, and I don't, it's not. Don't know how to segue into it really because I just said about goalkeeper and being fat and being rubbish. But um, recently, Harry for Clark, fat people, Ross, I'm not having <laughs> No, you're, you're fine. You're fine, Matty boy. I've seen your five side. You're fine. You're good. I see you run about. You're good, my friend. But um, yeah, Harry Clark, he's definitely not fat. Um, but uh, he's recently brought out. Um, you can sort of say the fist pump, the Blue Chambers fist pump, and I just want to get your thoughts on it because I think once again it's going to be fifty-fifty. Uh, some people think put it, you know, put it away for the past. But then people are now sort of building up. They're going, ooh. Ben, going to go to you first. Your thoughts on this? I don't mind it. I think, again, I think you've got to be pretty miserable if you hate it. You know, it's just a bit of fun, isn't it? It's just a bit of fun. And if, it again, it creates that or, or enhances that feel, that relationship between the fans and the players, then I'm all for it. You know, Harry's a really enthusiastic lad it seems you know it seems like he's, he's living his dream playing for the club that he grew up with in terms of the academy I know that I'm sure he wanted to go on and be an Arsenal first team player but it seems that everything he said about coming back to Ipswich and the position the club is in now and all his family are able to come to the game and some moving back home he's you know you can see in the way he plays the football he's so enthusiastic he's got so much energy and when you've won and it's your hometown club, it's a release of energy for him. And if you've got everybody just, you know, high as a kite at the end of another win, then celebrating like that is, is not a problem at all. It's, it's just a, it's a nice thing to do, I think. And there are plenty of clubs. I mean, you know, Klopp, Klopp does one at Liverpool every time they have a big win, always. And, you know, if Liverpool are doing it, why can't Ipswich do it? It, it makes no difference in terms of the football club. So I, I don't mind it. It's, sometimes it's a little bit like, oh, but it, it's a bit of fun, isn't it? And um, I think he's sort of the perfect person to do it, really, isn't it, Matt? Um, I, I'm pr- I'd rather that than the bloody hand-holding thing they used to do with under Lambert. That was just ridiculous. That was horrible. Um, but, yeah, Matt, your, your thoughts on this as a whole? Just, you know, it's a connection for, you know, for the fans to the players after the game. There's always the clap. McKenna does a little bit of a, 
hand fist as well, doesn't he? And he, he loves it. If we've won, of course, it's got to be a big game, I think. It needs to be a big win. Um, but at the moment, every game now is a big win. It feels slightly different. I, again, I, I'm with Ben. I, I like it. I think you, you've got to be really miserable to not, to not like it. But I think it's it's slightly different in a sense. It seems to be like part of almost like a suite of things we do when we get a good, decent win. Like you say, you get that little bit from Kieran McKenna, get the players involved, just, just whips that crowd up at the end a bit more. And it's, it's that feel-good factor that's been coming back to the club for the last well, 12, 18 months now, really, since, since Kieran McKenna took over. Uh, and I'm all for it. And, and I think it's lovely in a way, not that he needed it, but I think it's lovely the fact that um, Harry Clark almost sort of got the baton officially handed over, speaking to Luke James about it. Um, I thought that, that was quite nice, a bit of a passing of the torch. And I, I always liked it the first time around. You know, it all came from sort of um, those, those good times when sort of things were on the up under Mick and, and we looked like, oh, we, you know, we were pushing for playoffs and, and, and looking quite tidy in the championship. So I think... It's the sort of thing when you're on the other. I don't want to see it overdone. And I think sort of towards the end of the Luke Chambers fist, I mean, was probably getting a bit overdone and it, it got a bit sad. And I think he'd, he'd had enough of it by the end. But the, just the fact we're in a position where we can do it so often is, is just nice because that just reflects how good things are on the pitch at the moment. Yeah, I think Harry mentioned because um, he did it at Bolton, and he it was of course he got subbed off, so he had a coat on, and I think he was sort of like, should I do it? But I think maybe because of the fans being in the top tier and that, that lost a long way to travel, I think he, he had to do it. So um, yeah, let us know your comments, your thoughts on, on that as a whole, and um, yeah, I think for the big games, you got you got to enjoy it and you got to celebrate. Definitely Bolton game, you have got to celebrate that. Um, all right then, boys, it's time for the strike. Half hour in. Um, it's now Matt Macon versus Ben Diaf going head to head. Four questions as always, and a tiebreaker if needed. Will the boys gamble? I'm sure they will. Um, Gam responsibly, of course. Um, play at home. Get your pens and paper at the ready. Uh, first question is on a cult hero of the strike from back in the day, Patrick Kisnobo. Um, he comes back. He celebrates his birthday this month. Um, and now I didn't know this until I was doing the research. He's actually now a manager in the French top flight. So, yeah. Now, who's he managing in the French top flight? Is it Clement Foote? Nantes? 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 Or Troyes? Troyes? I have no idea. I'm not good with my French teams. Um, if you're watching on video, you can see the teams. But if you are watching audio, then I've just said three French teams that probably are wrong. Clement Foote, I think, is the only one I'm saying right. Um, boys, can you help me out here? What's the other two? How would you say that? I know it's Nantes because I know my sister lived out there for it. She was doing French at university. Okay. So um, the, the last one, I, I, is it? I know Troy. Troy's, Troy's. Yeah, yeah Troy's. Nantes, yeah, but Troy's, I'd guess Troy's. Troy's, yeah. okay. Nice one. Um, do you know what? He actually became, a little bit of fun fact before I get your answer. Uh, he became the first Australian manager of a team in the top five European men's leagues. So he became the first ever Australian manager. So fun fact there from good old Patrick, good old Pat. Um, boys, what's, what's your answer? Again, I've gone, I don't know if you can see that or not because of the ring. There we go. I've gone non again because I have absolutely no idea and I picked it because my sister lived there for a bit. There we go. Like that. Um, I know that Troy's are pretty dreadful. I've written Troy's down there. <laughs> I think they're doing really badly. And I, sorry, Patrick, I just, not. I, don't think he's probably a great manager. I might have heard a little bit more, so I've guessed then. Uh, you are correct, Ben. Uh, he is managing there. I think they're connected with the um, 
group, I think, the because he was a manager of Melbourne City. These are also part of the same um, like group ownership sort of thing. So, uh, but yeah, you're correct. I won't get too, in, too deep about this, but I thought it was a nice little question to start off, bringing our good old Pat back to the strike. Um, question two, so 1-0 to Ben. Um, is on Connor Wickham, uh, of course, now playing in the championship now we're with Cardiff. But how many goals did Connor Wickham score in 72 games for town? I probably done this question on a strike before, but um, as I said, I'm being lazy. But he celebrates his birthday this month. I'm going to quickly check how old Connor, Connor Wickham is now. Because, of course, he, he's our record um, youngest player. He's 20. He's still only 29. He'll be 30. He'll be celebrating his first 30th birthday on the 31st of March. Um, if you if you cared about that, but how many goals? Of course, if you get it bang on, you get double the points. So Mr. Matt Macon could go two one up, or could Ben go three 0 up if he gets a bang on? We shall see. Connor Wickham, Connor Connor Wickham. What do you reckon, then, boys? Um, I've gone twenty one. Twenty one. I've gone eighteen. Eighteen. So Sally, no one's got a bang on. There's actually only fifteen goals. Uh, so Matt has. Got a point here. It's now 1-1. One, one. Uh, yeah, I almost went 16. I mean, I still wouldn't have been bang on, but I would have been even closer. <laughs> even closer. Even closer. But there we go. Um, question three is on a player from the 90s. Steve Palmer. Remember Steve Palmer? Yeah. Defender. Uh, what is his middle name then, boys? What's his middle name? Is it Edward, John or Leonard? Good old middle names. What's your middle names, boys? I don't know if I've ever asked you this. What's yours? You can go first, Ben. Yeah, it's on the screen. It's John. Oh, nice yeah, one. All, all of our, all the men in our family have a J in their name, either first or second name. So as Ben, I'm a John. Ben, John, yeah. DF. Solid name, that. Solid name. Ben, is it Benjamin? Uh, Benjamin? Is that the Benjamin. Thing? Yeah, only yeah. when I'm in trouble with my mother. No one else calls me Benjamin. <laughs> I mean, you can if you like, Ross, but I feel like I'm in trouble. So. Yeah, <laughs> no, I won't do that, my friend. I'll, keep, I'll take Ben or Mr. DF. DF. Um, what's yours, Matt? It's Brian, which was my grandfather's name on my dad's side. So, yeah, Matthew Brian. Again, it's only Matthew if I'm in trouble with with, uh, with my making. <laughs> yes. <laughs> which Definitely. at 37 still happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, never never too never too old to uh, get a telling off from your mum, of course. Um, now, Steve Palmer then. Is it Steve Edward Palmer? Steve John Palmer, just like Ben. Or is it Steve Leonard Palmer? What, what are you going for, Ben, boys? Um, I'm going for Leonard just because it's a bit different. I've written Leonard down. I've gone Edwards. I don't know why. It just it just feels it scans better. I, I, yeah, yeah, I can't base it on anything. Other than that. When your when your parents sort of named you, I think it needs to roll off the tongue, don't it? Like the middle name as well. Yeah. Um, and the correct answer is Leonard. So Ben has got it right. Uh, so it is two one going to the final question. And it's on another random loan player from the past who's actually a manager in League Two with Leighton Orient. And that is Richie Wellens. Um, and it's squad number time. Squad number time. Um, now, what squad number did he wear during his seven appearances on loan at town? Was it 16, 21 or 24? Richie Wellens. Uh, Leighton Orient doing pretty well. Leighton Orient. Uh, I think they're still top of the table last time I checked. Um, of course, late. Um, is having a cracking season yeah. there, isn't he? Chris doing well. Don't think Aaron Dryden's doing that well, but um, you know, it's team team effort and all that. 
Um, <laughs> he's, of course, Aaron Dryden's there. Sorry, Heafy, if you're listening. Um, but yeah, of course, he's had a couple of management spells. Richard Wellens, Oldham, Swindon, Salford City, Doncaster, and now Leighton Orient. Um, was on loan at town back in 2012 from Leicester City. Was it that um, long ago? Oh, I didn't think it was yeah. as far back as that. Oh, yeah, under Paul Jewell, <laughs> of course. Seven oh, appearances. Oh, yeah. oh, Ross, don't, don't. Sorry, oh. sorry, sorry. sorry. Oh, Band his name Oh, was it? Was it Mick McCarthy? No, uh, I don't know. It, Mick McCarthy maybe, came it, end of 2012, so yeah. I don't know. It might have been Mick McCarthy. Yeah, or maybe he was. He signed by Thingy Bob. You know yeah. the, the name we should not not talk about. Um, and then Mick came in. Uh, anyway, squad number uh, Matt. As you needing, you needing this to equalise. I am needing this to stay in. Aren't I? Yeah, I've gone sixteen. Sixteen. The same. Oh, okay. And I think. Uh, oh, sorry, I don't. Actually, I need. To, I need to get the answer up quickly because I thought I had it with me, but I don't have it with me. So um, bit of tension Classic here, Ross. Classically, and built tension. You could you couldn't have mentioned that and just built the tension, like gone to an ad break. ITV, you know that's yeah. (laughs) We'll be back after these messages. And the correct answer is sixteen. It is sixteen. So you're both right. What it was. Uh, Funny enough, that season we actually had three sixteens in the team. We had um, Ryan Stevenson had it first, then Richie Wellens had it, and then David McGordrick had it. Which I didn't think would have been allowed. I thought you could only have one squad number a season, but that season we had all three 16. So that's a future strike episode, that. So remember that, boys and girls. Mm. Uh, maybe who wore the number 16 shirt um, that season? There's three players. Can you name them all? Um, so there we go. Um, so, Ben, you have one overall, but as ever, tiebreaker time. Are you going for it? Of course we are. You know, okay. give, give the people what they want. We shall That'd be a revolt, revolt if the winner doesn't, I think, wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah. Of course, Matt, though, you got to get a bang on to win. So no pressure here, boy. Um, how many goals did Roger Osborne score for town? 148 games. He celebrates his birthday this month. Of course, the FA Cup goal-scoring hero. Uh, he turns 74. I know, you know, he turned 73 back in 9th of March. Um, but yeah. Good old Roger. So that that's not including the one goal we all know about. No, include no includes it. Including so, that one. So how many? So there goals you go. There's one goal for you. There's one goal for you. So how many more goals did he score um, before or after that goal? Uh, 148 games for Roger. Of course, um, it's, was it the 45th anniversary this year of the FA Cup? Have I got my mass right there. Last year. Yeah. No, this year. No, it is this, this year. year. Yeah, 45th. Yeah. Good that, Ross. Yeah, Woo. I haven't put that as a note down for like future reference for a, a video feature. Uh, 45, 45th anniversary FA Cup, make sure to do something on that. But um, good maths as well, just to double check. Um, okay, Ben, as you're taking the lead, what's, what's your guess to make it possibly, it's 3-2 in it on, on the scorecard, but um, are you going to make it 4-2? Or um, I've got Marcus Stewart's Premier League squad number when he was with us, 11. Nice one, okay. Matt, what do you reckon? More? Well, less. I could have got this completely wrong. I think, was the FA Cup final goal his only goal? I can't remember. I think it might have just been the one goal he scored for town. No, he scored more than that. Matt. <laughs> he scored more than that. But, so, you know, if you think about it, if you, you know, maybe a commentator said that, um, but yeah. it's 10 goals. So, Ben, one off. Um, 
I'll let, let you know he's other notable goals. Um, he scored against Spurs, scored against Arsenal in the Division 1 as well at Portland Road, scored against Newcastle at Portland Road, and also scored at Stafford Bridge against Chelsea in a 5-3 defeat. Um, but yeah, but, um, 10 goals overall in 148 games. Uh, ben Diaf, you've won the strike this week. Fort speech. It was a really hard-fought contest. I feel battered and bruised, um, exhausted, mind, body, soul, but delighted to get the win, Ross. Well played, my friend. Well played. Um, all right, then, then. We mentioned some interesting players there. Of course, Roger Osborne, legend. Um, who else have we mentioned? Steve Palmer, Connor Chaplin. Connor Chaplin. He scored a hat-trick, apparently, for the um, Arsenal against Tottenham, like behind closed doors game. So, if you want to know that, apparently, in that free... It's a 3-1, 3-2 win behind closed doors. Anyway, just saying random stuff now. It happened, though, apparently. Um, but let's talk about the inductees. And also want to get Matt Macon and Ben Diaz's ultimate three town players. They'll put in the Hall of Fame, in their own Hall of Fames. Um, but congratulations to Jimmy Gilton, Marcus Stewart, Frank Gallup and Tom Garnies for being inducted. Um, but Matt, who is in your ultimate Hall of Fame? You've got three players put in there. Of you know players you've watched, you've seen in the flesh, who you who you're choosing. So first one for me, and it's pro- probably my favourite player of all time for Ipswich that I've seen play, David Johnson. So David Johnson the second, as, as he's known, not not the first David Johnson. Sadly passed away recently, as, as before my time. Um, that, yeah, I mean, I, I, I grew up in the nineties um, watching those Burnley sides and. I know it, everything was about Stuart, Marcus Stewart when we went up um, to the Premier League, and, and sadly John didn't have a didn't have a great season there, and then and then left and, and went to Nottingham Forest. But so the, the goals he was scoring for us in those in those seasons leading up to um, leading up to that that famous day at Wembley in two thousand were massive for us and I just love it he was just so infectious like, like rocking up at Wembley with blue hair and again that's a shame because he he went off injured so early on into that game as well but I think he's in a way kind of a bit underrated and, and if he'd had just a slightly better start to the season um you know and got a Premier League goal you know it's great great that uh, makes me feel old now watching his son playing for Nottingham Forest you know and he's already scored Premier League goals, which his dad didn't manage to do. But you think if he got off the mark some of those close chances at the start of the season, that could have been different. That could have been him that went on that run um, as well as Marcus. So, yeah, D- David Johnson's definitely um, first one for me. Um, second one, I, and again, I, you, you can tell my age and where I grew up, it's, it's got to be Matty Holland because, I mean, everyone loves a Matt. Everyone loves a Matt in there. And 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 again, he 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 was just like the epitome of an Ipswich town captain for me growing up. He was just fantastic. He he was ever present, you know. He's he, he, he never really missed a game. Uh he, he was a really strong leader and he's a really nice champ. And and also I think he's he's, he's found the fountain of youth because to me, he doesn't really look any older now than he lived in the trophy at Wembley in 2000. Um, so somewhere, uh, there's a there's a painting of him in an attic getting older somewhere. That's, it's the only solution. Um, and then um, the third one for me, I'm killing time here because I've got to come up with the first two quite quickly. I'm trying not to pick another one from that side. Um, really, um, for me, um, Jason DeVos, i got to say. 
he again another really good Ipswich Town captain and goes a little bit under the radar. You know that that time that time he came to us really it wasn't it's been a bit of a fallow period. Um, it, well, it turned out it wasn't a fallow period compared to how, how it went in the championship later on. But uh, again, really nice chap, solid, dependable player, uh, tough player, and and all round good egg. And I just I just really liked him as well. It's hard to say. Again, probably I'm putting him in there more for leadership qualities than necessarily football and talent. I mean, Matty Holland gets in there on both, but definitely Jason DeVos. Just he was, he was a really good leader on the pitch for me. So yeah, that that's that's my three. I like it. I, I love Jason DeVos. He, he's up there, one of my favourite players, and he got inducted back in 2019. I don't think Matty Holland's actually in the Hall of Fame yet, but of course he's part of the. Um, committee, so I don't know. It's, it's yeah, he's in charge the, of the Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah, so you think, do I put myself in there? I'm sure eventually yeah. you got to put, you got he's got to go in there at some stage. But um, yeah. yeah, Jason DeVos back in 2019 got inducted. Um, ben, who are your three ultimate Hall of Famers? Well, I think Matt and I are actually the same age, so we could have been very similar. Obviously, whoever was going first in this was going to name Matt Holland. He yeah. he is an absolute given. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna name. But Matt, if you ever if you ever listen to this sort of thing, you're in it, mate. All right, you're an absolute hero. Everyone knows it. We could go on about. We could have a whole podcast on Matt Holland. Yeah. We could talk about his running style, his run around the pitch after every home um, game. Blah 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 blah. Lifting the trophy. Mrs M has got a big crush on him. And to be to be honest, if she if she left me for Matt Holland, I, I wouldn't really have any complaints. To be fair, same same <laughs> same. <laughs> um, but using, using the Irish link, actually, and someone who's not been mentioned, I am going to pick the first at Daryl Murphy in my time. He went through a stage of, I mean, obviously that one season is absolutely tremendous, but he wasn't, it wasn't like he was a bad player before that. Um, and then, you know, the season after he still, picked, you know, he had a few injuries, but he got that hat trick at Rotherham and still picked up some good goals that season as well. So, um, and again, because he's from the same city in Ireland that my wife is from as well. So there's, there's always been that link when we, um, my wife and I were first courting um, in 2014. It was, um, oh, we've got, you know, a lad from Waterford, you're from Waterford, et cetera, et cetera. It always felt like, um, I don't know, just a, a, a closer affiliation with Daryl. Um, so, yeah, I mean, obviously his goals almost almost got us promoted. Great season, probably the best, obviously the best season we've had. Since being in the Premier League, really, I guess we had the playoffs heartache um, under Joe Royal. But um, yeah, Daryl's in there for that almost that one season alone, and then you know a few other good memories aside. Um, I've also got Richard Wright from when I was a little bit younger. I loved diving around in the garden, ruining my mum's you know grass. Um, and Benjamin, Benjamin, yeah, Benjamin. You know, those days when you were just filthy and that strip off at the door. No, you know, you don't come any further. Those clothes aren't coming any further in that state. Um, I remember one one Christmas in particular, we had um, a goalkeeper. I got a goalkeeper's top and it was um, the, the kit manufacturer at the time was Core, C-O-R-E. I think everyone remember that. And it had like, a, it was green with blue sleeves and like a blue sort of lightning bolt kind of design or um, sort of light square design. And uh, my dad, when those days, you either had to go to Berry or Portland Road. There was no, you know, mail order or, you know, online shopping. So my dad had to go and pick it up. And when he went to pick it up, Richard Wright, unbelievably, was there. So I got a two Ben Merry Christmas for Richard Wright on 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 the um, on the label. And obviously was made up, you know, went running around all Christmas Day in that top. So great memories. Great goalkeeper, Wrighty. Probably left us a little bit too soon. But the playoff final, the penalty save. 
his um, excellent distribution, a keeper ahead of his time, possibly in that regard, really good left foot. So um, Richard Wright is one. <clears throat> and, then, and then the other, um, because Matt Holland was a given, I've actually written down Fab Wilness. Oh. Because he was a fan's favourite. He got it. He was really enthusiastic. And have a right back, a bit like Harry Clark. There's that affinity already with Clark with the fans. Vilnius obviously got on well with the fans because he famously told us how much he dislikes Norwich. And anybody who dislikes Norwich is okay with me. So, um, yeah, he brought, again, some fantastic memories. Obviously, the Manchester United goal is right up there. But also the goal at Carrow Road. The celebrations after both for me are iconic. The way he just goes running off towards the supporters. I think the Man United one, he almost cannot believe what's happened. Um, <laughs> the Carrow Road one is just glee running away to those away fans. Um, the Bowditch game, I think that is also remembered for. And Craig Fleming pulling his hammy, which was quite funny. Um, so, yeah, fab. What a player. The, the famous Vilna step over, of course. Who could forget? Yeah, what a player, what a man, what a character. Some great characters mentioned there. Um, get involved in the comments as well, as always. Your, your favourite players, your ultimate Hall of Famers. Um, of course, we've got some great Hall of Famers in, in general, but there's some other players that maybe don't get as a mention as much. But um, but yeah, the, the recent inductees have well-deserved. Well definitely Jim and Jill, and great to see him back. Of course, Marcus Stewart, what a man, what a player. Um, and of course, Frank Yellup for his many years at the club. And of course, Tom Kaganis, who are... A player from the, the the 30s and the 40s scored a lot of goals back then. Um, so, yeah, well played to them. Um, well, I just point you know, out is how great it was in particular just to see Magic back at yes. the club. We we all know it ended really horribly for him as manager mm -hmm. here. He, he was treated quite badly by the ownership at the time. And he's, he's not been back since 14 years. He said he, he stayed away from the club. And I think it probably, uh, there was a little bit of arm twisting. Uh, from Matt Holland to get him to get him back for Friday night, and just just to see him come back. It's just, I think that is just another great example of how things are on the up with this ownership under Game Changer and, and the stewardship that there is over the club. Now that you think for a long time, I thought I'll, I'll never see Jim Bajilton set foot at Portman Road again. You know, and there's the same pictures of him. I've getting various selfies with people I know who were at the dinner on Friday with him. Um, and 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 then he was at the match on Saturday as well, I believe. Uh, and it's, it's great to see him back, and hopefully that's that's him sort of back at the club more often now. Definitely, yeah, great to see. It's great to see. I think um, Simon Milton and Matt Holland have done a great job of um, sorting out the former players and making sure that they feel welcomed back with the club again. And I think that's a great thing with the club have done with the community. A uh, little shout out to to myself with Simon Milton in pitches recently um, been posted. Um, so if you haven't seen that, watch it. It's now online. Of course, done with one with Matt Holland as well. So check that out. One with George Burley. Uh, another one coming out soon with Alex Maffey. So check that out as well. Um, but there we go. Uh, boys, nine big games. Nine cup finals, as they say. Ben, how are you feeling? Looking forward to it. The first time in League One, we've got a run-in that we're looking forward to. It's a, a four-horse race, it sounds like now, for top two because... Barnsley, what a win for them on Tuesday night against Sheffield Wednesday. It's all open now. What's your thoughts on it? My thoughts are that I'm nervous thinking about it, but I love that. You know, I, I love that we have something to be nervous about. We have, we, you know, when you, that anticipation of a game at Portman Road, that yes, we're getting brilliant crowds, but to have it really something riding on it as, as we move towards the business end of the season, we've got nine cup finals, all those um, football platitudes 
uh, going to come out, aren't they? Um, but yeah, I, I'm hugely excited. Um, it, it's it's the best time of the year, you know, as, as a football fan when you've got so much to play for. It's it's even interesting, you know, on the days when we don't play now, suddenly you're really interested in. Not that you know, I care a lot about football. I absolutely love football. My wife, you know, knows that more than anybody. She just despairs at the games that get switched on our television all the time obviously Sheffield Wednesday Barnsley as an example on Tuesday night um but yeah you're watching those results now you're watching Accrington Plymouth seeing what's going on there and any sort of thing you know is someone getting yellow carded potentially suspended could that be uh you know then a domino effect into the next game so there's so many twists and turns that will happen it's a four horse race now with that fantastic result for Barnsley um, which makes it again even more interesting having four teams um, via for those two. Four doesn't go into two, as we know. So there are going to be two teams disappointed, and then we're going to go through all of that. We could be in the playoffs, and then we another stage of the season to look forward to. So, yeah, so much to play for, Ross. I'm I'm uh, I'm confident because I've been confident about the team all season. Um, there's no doubt we've got the tougher running. Everybody's talked about that. Um, but you, we can only do what we can do. We need to win at least, I guess, probably seven out of the nine, I think, to stand a chance. I would have thought just because we know what this league's like and the teams at the top keep on winning. So I, I would actually be really disappointed if we win seven out of those nine, say draw one, lost one, and we didn't get in. I mean, that would be crazy, a crazy points total. But we're in this position, you know, of our own making. Um, and we've uh, we've got we've now got to try and finish it off. And come on, it's so exciting! Yeah, bring it on. And uh, Matt, you mentioned earlier one team may miss out on a top two with ninety points, which is just crazy. But it's just it's how good League One has turned out to be in, in the top half of the table. How are you feeling there, my friend? Nine games, Derby, Barnsley, Peterborough away. Oh, it's going to be exciting. Yeah, I think Ben nailed it on the head, really. I'm a mixture of excited and, and nervous. It's it's nice that we've got something to play for still, isn't it? I mean, we, I mean, you and I were saying sort of opposing views in December season before last, Ross, you'd already said the season was dead. Then I said, well, it wasn't quite dead. It was on life support. About this time a year ago, the, the plug got pulled on that life support. Obviously, we've just past the, the year anniversary of that, that heartbreaking draw at Oxford that pretty much killed off any chance of sneak in sixth place um but i mean we we hate and, and it still can't mental scars almost say we're pretty much guaranteed top six now um and there's still a really good shout for top two like i said earlier a better shout than there was at the end of february uh and you look at that running yeah, we've got a tougher running but i'm looking at that running now you've got derby away wickham at home cheltenham away Charlton at home port vale at home Peterborough away, Barnsley away, Exeter at home, and then finish off with a trip up to Fleetwood. It's not a bad running. There's difficult games there. I don't think Derby's as difficult a fixture now as, again, a month ago I thought it was. They, they've they gone off the boil somewhat. They're probably now more looking over their shoulders uh, and whether or not they might step out. Wickham, Wickham have still got something to play for, but they've changed manager recently. Ainsworth left and went to QPR. There's a lot of winnable games in there. I mean, obviously, Peterborough is going to be a tough one. They, they're still, they've still got something to play for. Barnsley, obviously, that's that should have been this Saturday. It's not, um, but that's going to, that potentially be a huge proper bar burner that one. But there, there's a lot of winnable games in there, and if we lose a couple of games, I think it's okay. 
draws of what done for us this season. You you look at I think we'll be what twelve points clear or something like that at, at the top of the league. If we top those points, we drop from winning positions and it turned into draws. But we are where we are now. We can't turn back time, change those results. That is eminently. Ben says seven seven wins out of nine. There's seven wins there. You look at some of those teams. We keep playing like we're playing. We're in a really good run of form. I know all good runs of form have to win. Barnsley are in a good run of form. And we're all thinking, well, that's got to win sometime. Derby were in a good run of form. That has ended. Sheffield Wednesday are in a good run of form. That appears to have ended. But if we've just got to keep going and doing what we're doing. Um, it's exciting. Four into two doesn't go. I'm still hopeful we will end up in that top two. There's a, there's a few people, I hate to say it, Ross, it's people your age that can't really remember the playoffs that much. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, Wembley was great. Wembley was great. But the stress of the late 90s and playoffs, I'm scarred still now, 20 over 20 years later. I don't know about you, Ben, but I'm not sure I can, I've can. i got another playoff campaign in me. So I really hope that we go up automatically. Um it's exciting though, isn't it? It's you, you just don't want to miss a game. You don't want to miss a game. Um, and, and the Barnsley, the rearranged game, that's on a Tuesday night now. That's a 3,000 allocation. And that's pretty much talking to Liam from Crow last night before we started five aside. Ross, he was saying he'd picked up a ticket and there was hardly anything left. There's not a lot left for Peterborough away. There's not a lot left for Cheltenham. Cheltenham on Easter Monday. Peterborough are going to go in numbers. It's, it's, bonkers isn't it yeah. you know it's just win lose or draw there's just such a crowd home and away it's yeah it's something and yeah I'll, I'll, I'll temper it it's third division football and you know before this relegation we haven't been here since 1957 but we are here now we are where we are let's enjoy it and this this just hope it's got a happy ending Yes, my friend. Well said. And bring it on. Enjoy the ride, ladies and gentlemen. Enjoy the home and the away games. Um, going to be packed with town fans. Well, it's been a great podcast. Lead to get into the hour mark. Um, little final notes here, though, of course. Um, the women's team are in action this Sunday. There's no men's game. So if you fancy a trip to Kent, then uh, the town women's team are also in a promotion race. Uh, they're currently top of the table, but Oxford um, have got two games in hand. Uh, Matt, you're... you're part of the supporters group and, you know, drilling them a good side. They're sick. We've done a Tractor Girls talk, me, Blue Wilson, and Dr. Jack Mitchell, um, the psychologist um, who does great work with the club. But uh, Matt, this weekend you'll be going there. It's just to fill the void of no football on Saturday. There is a game on Sunday. Absolutely. I mean, I'd, I'd have been there regardless. But yeah, it's um, at Chatham Town's ground in Kent, just outside Gillingham. Um, Ipswich Town, uh, LTFC Women Official Supports Club. We're, we're putting some transport on again. Unfortunately, we couldn't get our regular minibus this weekend. Um, but we, we've got a fleet of drivers um, conveying people um, to uh Gillingham or not Gillingham Chatham so um get in touch get in touch with us if you want to book set there's still a few seats left it's filling up fast um so ITFC WISC on all the social media or send us an email ITFC WISC at gmail.com or or ping me a message on on social media on Twitter at MattMaking85 um, and we'll see what we can do. There's, there's only four games left again women's team six on the bounce um beat Crawley Wasps away 4-1. Sadly, conceded a penalty, so the uh, the clean sheet run ended uh, last weekend. But we uh, we still saw that one out. 
nice and neat. One of the home games coming up second of April is Oxford. That's a big top of the table clash. Um, it, it's a tight, it's a tight division again this season because you've got you've got Watford who came down from the championship last season. Oxford who pipped us to second place last season. Uh, Portsmouth are on a good run of form, and Gillingham's going to be a tough one. They beat us at home in the opening. One of those a second home game of the season, I think, wasn't it, Ross? Um, and yeah, get down, get the support. Um, and yeah, like I said, get in touch with the sports club if you want to find out more. Definitely. And as I said, look out for trying to girls talk if you haven't watched it already. And um, hopefully it's a double promotion season. The men and the women's team, it's gonna be it's gonna be great, exciting. Um, get yourself ready. Uh Ben Diaz. Just so um, sad. Oh, I can say just so yeah. sad that even if Ipswich win the league, there's still a playoff game yeah. with the Northern Premier winners to go up. There's FA need to uh, pull, pull the proverbial out and uh, sort out the promotion and relegation um, in the top tiers of women's football. Yeah, sort it out. Sort it out. Um, ben Diaz, I've been sitting there nice and silently. Um, any other business from yourself, my friend? My well, mum would be so proud, wouldn't she? She wouldn't be calling me Benjamin. Nice and quiet, sitting in the corner. Uh, no other business. Just um, hope everyone enjoys a free weekend, a stressless weekend, because it's going to be the only one you're going to get until possibly the end of May. So, yeah, I hope that's not the case. I know Matt said about the playoffs. Um, yeah, they bring heartache. But just like, you know, just like love, Ross, you know, when your heart's broken, you know, if by, by a woman or a man and you still go back for more, don't you? You get over it and you go back for more. You can't help yourself. And that's the relationship with Ipswich Town we've probably all got. So um, looking forward to the twists and turns of the next month or two. Definitely, my friend. And uh, Matt, any other business from yourself? Uh, just to yeah, add to what Ben said earlier, get well soon, Mark, obviously. Uh, I've forgotten until the pod, actually. It was the inaugural KOA five-a-side game where Mark did his ACL yeah. um, and then and carried on playing golf for the rest of the game, which perhaps in hindsight he shouldn't have done. So, yeah, get well soon, Mark. And um, and we, ne- we nearly had another pod-related injury last night, didn't we, Ross? There was um, a, bit of, a bit of a firm but fair tackle from the good Dr. Watson on, on, uh, on you. Uh, yes. He did win the ball, though, Ross. He did, he did win, win the ball, the ball. to be fair. Um, <laughs> and I got up, I got up like a you know a troop up. I got up uh, straight away. Um, but yeah, fair tackle and a good game. Good game last night. And it wasn't until actually, you got you got an HP about two minutes later, and I went, "Are you all right?" You went, "Oh, I'm okay. I'm okay." <laughs> you all suddenly realised he caught you right in the ribs, didn't he? Bless yeah, you. that was re- yeah. that was the last week. I got got in the ribs last week, so I'm still got the effect there. Um, yeah. That's a nice little way to sort of shout out. If anybody wants to play um, Fireside, the Kings of Anglo Fireside, always welcome um, any anybody of all abilities. If you fancy it, Wednesdays at 7pm, drop me a line at Ross Media UK. And just like this podcast and videos, let me know at Ross Media UK if you want to get involved. Get your voice heard, uh, your face heard as well. Get involved. Um, but yeah, Matt, Ben, thanks for joining me. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I'm just going to do the outro now. Try not to butcher it. Uh, keep it simple. Sponsored by Manscaped. Uh, use the code Coway to get 20% off, I think, at Coway at checkout at manscaped.com. Um, also, Ginger Pickle, the goats of marketing, uh, good old Tony Southgate, who um, also helped me film um, an episode of In Pictures with Tommy Miller which will be out in a few months' time. Um, but, yeah, big shout-out to Ginger Pickle. As always, if you haven't already, subscribe, follow Matt Macon, Ben Diaf on Twitter, follow Kings of Anglia on all the socials. And um, if you haven't already, leave us a five-star review. Let us know your thoughts on the podcast as a whole, the fan social as a whole. And uh, enjoy your weekend, uh, whatever you're doing, and bring on the big nine games in the league. Bye for now. <laughs>